Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast. Refocus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. Hey everybody, you're here listening to the Planter Podcast where we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. Today is going to be a very amazing topic that I feel is going to free a lot of people with something that we all kind of battle with and that is fear. So we're going to talk about how we can let go of fear so we can pursue our goals and our aspirations. And I'm not the only one that's going to be speaking about this today. On the podcast today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you all Antoine Anderson. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, Antoine, I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) All right, all right. I'm doing pretty good. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about this topic. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just tell them this is the second time that we're actually recording this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though. It was just that good. Yeah, it, w- it was It was that good. And I swear this one is going to be even better. By God's grace, this one is going to be even better, y'all. So, Antoine, please introduce to the Planter family who you are. Absolutely. Firstly, uh, Dami, just want to thank you again uh, for setting this, this second call back up. And, you know, definitely had a great discussion the first time. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. But my name is Antoine Anderson. I am a husband of a be- my beautiful wife, Amanda, going on 12 years, and I am a father. I have two beautiful children, Antoine and Aaliyah, and then I have an older daughter also by the name of Kier. And so uh, definitely a person who is a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I say grateful because there was a time that I didn't know him, uh, but his mercy and his grace allowed me the opportunity to have not only uh, the head knowledge, but also a personal relationship with him. And he has given me the opportunity to be a life coach, uh, to help individuals re- reach their goals, meet their goals, identify their goals and be successful in life. Also, I'm an author, uh, have uh, published two books now. Uh, and then I also do some public speaking, motivational speaking, have the privilege of going on a, uh, a book tour in uh, three different states. And so that was a blessing as well. And so all in all, I'm just a servant. You know, I really just believe in serving, uh, serving people, you know, and being able to share and give hope and inspiration uh, for individuals. So that's that's me in a nutshell. Uh, I'm sure there's many more things, but that's uh, that's that's me in a nutshell. And thank you so much for sharing. That's a lot. You talking about that's just me in a nutshell. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. Right. You've, you've done a lot. So that's a, that's pretty cool, especially with the life coaching. I think that's pretty awesome. So I, we're going to speak about that. Let me not even start asking questions about that just yet. All right. All right. So the first thing I want to ask you is, um, what do people usually fear most when they're pursuing their goals? What do people pers- do normally fear most? The, the the main thing that I have found, now mind you, I've spoken to uh, and even coached a lot of people over uh, a different, a lot of different arenas, uh, different ages. Um, different ethnic groups as well and people that come from different cultures. What I found is pretty typically most people are afraid of the same thing and that is the unknown. Uh, people do not typically like to move into anything, whether it's relationship, whether it's financial, whether it's pursuing their goals. If it's something that they're unfamiliar with or something that they don't necessarily feel they know that much about, that will cripple them. That will make them uh, come to a place where fear just will dictate every part of their decision. And so 
the number one thing, again, across the board that I found just in my own experience and, sh- and sharing and speaking with people is that when they are unfamiliar about something, if they're, if they're not clear or if it's, if it's an unknown, that's typically the number one thing that people are afraid of. And I mean, I think it's, uh, I don't know what I say. And I don't know. I, I understand why somebody would fear the unknown. And I was telling you earlier that I know for me, that's one of my uh, biggest fears, especially in this time period right now with me applying to medical school or just trying to figure out my future. It's almost like you're not really sure what's going to happen next. It's almost like, okay, apply and then hopefully it turns out for the best or you find something to do in the meantime. So I kind of understand that fear of the unknown. Uh, I mean, I do. Absolutely. Because it's like when you think about it, we are just by nature. We're we're creatures of of habit. Uh, we are creatures of comfort. You know, we don't people don't necessarily run to the most uncomfortable circumstances or the situations. I mean, you go to Walmart or to the store, you're looking for the shortest line. I mean, you're not looking for the line that's the longest, so you can be uncomfortable and stand there. And so, when you're dealing with something that's unfamiliar to you, it automatically places you in an uncomfortable situation. And so, despite for instance, if I'm like pursuing after my dream now, I haven't shared this publicly, but one of the things that I really want to do is I want to own a either an NBA team or, or a major league baseball team, because I believe that, you know, if I if I own one of those teams that I can help create a culture uh, on the team that would help the, the athletes create a, 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 a mindset or a culture for our young people as they grow up and they look up to the athletes. And so um, I believe, again, I forgot where I was going with that, but nevertheless, I believe that if I step outside of my comfort zone and face the fear, then I'm able to overcome the fear and able to reach my my uh, my goals. But individuals, again, we because we are creatures of habit, because we like to be comfortable, we don't want to be put in an uncomfortable situation. And so it may sound good to have a goal or a dream. But when you're unfamiliar, it's very hard to just make that first step. And once you make that first step, everything else is, is good. But it's, it's hard to make that first step. Ooh, I pray that you do own that basketball team. I think that's an amazing idea or a reason as to why you want to own that. I just wanted to say that. I think that's pretty cool. But I also wanted to say when it comes to the first step, yeah, like for a long time for me, I always struggle just to do, yeah, the first step. It's like maybe I have a goal in mind that I wanted to or I want to do, but it's just like, oh, man, like I got to research it. And then once you research it, you know, you realize that there's a lot of work to do and uh-huh. you're not really sure what to, you know, how to put it together. And it's just like, uh, I, mean, I don't feel like I want to do this anymore. It seems like it's a little too intimidating, like, yeah. you know, and I think God really broke me out of that uh, when it comes when it came to starting the planter podcast, because I personally didn't even know what a podcast was. First of all, second of all, like speaking to people that, you know, I may not be familiar with or that I know that is completely out of my comfort zone. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It is completely out of my comfort zone. Cause I'm more of an introvert. I'm more of a quiet type of person. I can talk. Like if you're my friend, you feel me like I'm loud, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not like quiet all the time, but you know, when it comes to meeting people, I can just be so quiet. So I guess God really wanted me to kind of be out of my, not kind of, but he wanted me to come out of my comfort zone. And the first thing I had to do, yeah, was the first step. Because once I realized uh, making the first step, then you get step two, then you get step three, then you get step four. So yeah, man, that first step. Absolutely. Yeah. 
it's, it's, it is. And once you take it, like, and I'm the type of person that once I see progress, I get inspired and encouraged by it. I get yeah. motivated by it, right? Mm-hmm. So even if it was just filling out an application or just looking on the internet to, to start that research, you know, those types of things I view as progress. And it encourages me and that fear becomes smaller and smaller. And so, yeah, that first step is, is major. But a lot of people don't want to even take the first step again going back because it's unfamiliar. It's, it's, it's just something that they're not um, they're not fully aware of all aspects of it. And that I'm telling you, I, I've seen it. I've witnessed it. That will kill dreams immediately when individuals do not want to take that first step because it's something that's unfamiliar. So how does fear cripple our ability to go after our goals? So if you're afraid to take that first step, how does that cripple basically the rest of you or the ability for you to reach the rest of what you're trying to do? Well, if, if, I mean, you know, if, I, if I'm not willing to take the first step, there's no step two, three or four. I'll give you a great example. And this is kind of funny. I just thought about this. My, my, one of my younger brothers were in the process of trying to learn how to drive a stick shift. Right. And so I was trying to teach him. I've been very patient with him, but it was challenging. But nonetheless, he couldn't get it out of first gear. I mean, he, he could not, excuse me, get it into first gear, not get it out. He couldn't even get it in the first gear. And so we must have spent maybe an hour at this uh, parking lot uh, at this church where my other brother was at uh, basketball practice. And we just was trying. I was, you know, trying to explain to him how to do it. I was showing him. I let him try. I show him and let him try. And he just couldn't get it in the first gear. And so finally, practice was over. It was time to go. And I said, well, I got to keep the car. You can't even drive the car, so I can't give it to you. So he was frustrated, right? And so he said, well, just let me drive it. You know, I'll be all right. You know, just let me drive. And I looked at him. I said, listen, how can you drive the car and you can't even put it in the first gear? Well, I can get it in the third or you can't get it into third or fourth gear if you can't put it in the first gear. And I think the same applies here. Fear will prevent you from putting it in first gear. And if you can't put it in the first gear, everything else is washed. There's no point of even dreaming anymore, because if you're not going to at least put it in first gear, fear will cripple the rest of the drive. There's no second, third, fourth gear. Fear will absolutely kill your dreams if you allow it to. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I remember that I was speaking to you about uh, one of the dreams that I had. And in that dream, I had met fear in the face. And fear was a crippled person in a wheelchair. And wow, I remember, yeah. And I remember that, um, you know, I think in that time period, I was... I was following God a little bit more, getting deeper in my relationship. So God was challenging me in various areas of my life. And I, you know, fear had been something that really had a hold of me when I was younger and even growing up. But, you know, through furthering my relationship, it kind of I kind of just separated from that. And I remember it trying to convince me that you're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like it literally y'all listen to this. It was like a like something like a person in a wheelchair crippled. Telling me that I'm not going to go anywhere, that, you know, I'm going to return back to, I guess, that state of mind. And I was trying to tell him, like, uh uh-uh, I don't operate in that anymore. I don't operate in fear anymore, you know. So it's it's, it's real out here. And, and, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I, I interact with a lot of people, right? And some of the conversations that I have 
we talk about, because you, you talked about, you know, fear of saying it's going to put you back. And you're just afraid of going back into that mindset. And some of the things, and I think this is important to address, like right now, is that individuals think that they will be able to come to a place where they will never have fear again. You know, in fact, one of my, uh, I have two, two different clients that I work with currently right now. One's a young man who is uh, 17. He just launched uh, his, his uh, media business. I um, mean, you know, he's doing fabulous, doing phenomenal. I have another young lady who has been in business for maybe nine or 10 years. She's, you know, CEO has three or four different businesses, actually. And the young man was like, you know, basically, you know, I just can't wait until I come to a place where I don't have any second guesses. I don't have any doubt. I don't have any worry. I don't have any fear. And the the lady who's been in business for 10 years or so, um, you know, she's still deals with that. And so I bring this up because we have to understand that fear in itself will always be present. And this is why I really believe that this is true. The scripture identifies that it is impossible to please God without faith. Faith is our ability to believe something that we don't see already. Therefore, I have to be able to believe something that is yet to come. And the only thing that battles my faith or the only thing that will prevent me from doing that is fear. And so as I share with this young man, I said, listen, there's always going to be a measure of your business that you're going to have to demonstrate faith. There's always going to be a measure in your business that's going to bring you some type of uncertainty or doubt and fear may be present. The reality is I have to learn how to lean on or to depend on the faith of the thing that I, I, I believe is coming and not allow fear to dictate. So Fear is something that we're always going to, to some degree, we're always going to be dealing with until we leave this earth. And I believe that sometimes people believe that they'll reach a stage or reach a level of faith or reach a place in life where there won't be any more fear. And that's to me, I just believe that's untrue. And I think that also deals with, you know, a lot of quotes and things that people see about being fearless and no fear and this, that or another. So I guess it kind of paints that picture that at one point will be fearless. Right. And it, it, it absolutely, it does. But you, but again, you go back to, I mean, you take a step back and just think about it, right? Fear is like you mentioned, it's something or it's a spirit, right? Because the scripture says, what well, he did not give me the spirit of fear, right? But Jesus also says, fear not. So the only reason why he would tell you to fear not is that there was a, there was something that would come to you that will cause you to have some fear. So fear is something that's outside of me, meaning that there's something outside of me that's trying to impact my ability to believe what is yet to come, which is again, the faith. So I, I do understand that many times we hear things like that. And many times, again, I challenge individuals about trying to reach that state of being quote unquote fearless. I believe that it's not necessarily being fearless, but it's an understanding of how to deal with fear when it comes, because it's going to come. Okay. Then speaking of how to deal with fear when it comes, um, how do we actively uh, set ourselves free from the control of fear when we're pursuing our goals? I mean, great question, right? So it's for me, and, and it, it also really starts with my faith, my, my faith in what God has already said. So in order for me to be able to be set free from it, I have to know what he's promised me. I have to know what he said. And I have to be able to hold on more to the promise or hold on more to what God is speaking to me or what he's already shown me and learn that whatever is bringing me doubt, 
I have to not focus so much on the doubt as much as I need to focus on the promise. And it is a practice. It's not something that we just kind of step into. It's something that, that we have to be uh, intentional as it relates to understanding how to do it. And again, for me, myself, I, I mean, I have fears really literally every day, you know, whether it's a, a fear of something going on with my, with my children or fear of something, you know, that something going on with my wife or my business or whatever. But what I have to do is I have to start looking at what God has spoken or what God has promised me. I can't focus on the negative. I can't focus on the what if this don't happen. I can't focus on the doubt and the worry. I have to be able to focus much more on the promise. I have to focus more, more on what he's saying, what he's showing me. And that's the only way that I've been able to set myself free from it is to continue to focus on him and what he's spoken to me and what he continues to show me. Yeah, I saw on, uh, what's his name? Um, Apostle Duquois Green that he said, don't focus on the, the person or the thing, focus on the promise. So he was like, if God has promised that you're going to be married one day, or you're going to have this business, or you're going to have this or that, but maybe the person or whoever you're dating isn't acting right, or some, you know, just things aren't acting, are not in place. He was like, don't focus on the thing or the person, focus on the promise. And for me, I think that revolutionized my way of thinking about things, because I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, God already told me, or I've had that, 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 I say a ting in my heart, <laughs> a download <laughs> that um, yeah. God said, this is what's going to happen. I've had this vision over and over again. It's not mine. So yeah. it obviously comes from the Holy Spirit. So if this is it and things are not going, the things around me are not going in the quote unquote right direction, I just need to focus on the promise. But that's hard. Absolutely. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, it sounds, it's, it's, that's a nice quote. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a nice <laughs> thing to say, but actively walking that out every day it's it's a difficult task it's it, but you know it, it and you're absolutely right and whoever and man you, you're dead on because again some sometimes we or should i say somewhere along the line we bought into the lie or the misconception that it's, it's supposed to be easy it absolutely is not it is something that requires just like being a professional doctor it takes, you know, you get better at it as you keep going through the practices, you keep getting the experience and you have to be intentional on how to focus on the promises. One of the things that, you know, that I, I uh, encourage individuals as well as it relates to even dealing with fear is learn how to use your imagination in a healthy way. Ooh, I love that. And it's like, OK, well, what do you mean how to use it in a healthy way? People every single day we imagine we use our imagination Every single day. The question is, are you using it effectively or are you using it ineffectively? And this is how you can tell. We recognize that all your imagination is, is it literally is an image or a thought that you put that you have in your mind connected to a situation or a circumstance. You are imagining that it's going to happen. Right. When we worry about stuff, when we doubt things, guess what? We are imagining the worst case scenario. Whenever we think about something and we have fear or we think about something and we have doubt or we think about something and we have worry, we are imagining the worst case possible. It has not happened. We are using our imagination against ourselves. And this is this is a scientific proven fact that worry and specifically worry has a negative impact on your physical body. Right or wrong. You said you were studying to be a doctor, correct? I mean, I'm pretty sure if it's connected to stress. So, yeah, it would have a negative effect. But I ain't it has to, to yet, though. 
<laughs> That's how we're going to claim it, though. Right? right? So so if, if, if I am imagining something that in, in, the, in, in the worst case scenario and it is making me or causing me to worry and then it causing stress and anxiety, then it, it affects me in a physical sense, in a negative way. What happens if I develop a practice or a habit to start imagining things in the best case scenario. If imagining it in the worst case scenario leads to those disasters from a physical perspective and worry and anxiety and paralyzes you because it's fear and that's gonna make you not wanna do anything. But if what if I start imagining things the best case scenario? How do you think that would impact me? How do you think that would help me overcome fear? How would you how do you think that would uh, it affect my physical body. If we're saying the same tool, the same thing, the imagination, if I'm using it in a negative way, it's going to be ineffective or, or, or damaging to me. The same thing, if I can use that in a positive way, if I can imagine the best case scenario, if I can imagine God fulfilling his promise, if I can imagine that what he's spoken will come to pass, if I can imagine that I am all that he says that I am, if I can imagine all of that, Imagine the, the, the possibilities, imagine the impact it can have on my life. I love that you spoke about imagination. Um, one of the things I used to tell my friends is like, you know, one of the greatest gifts that the that God has ever given us or the Holy Spirit has ever communicated us, or I'm fumbling over my words here. The That's best right. gift that God has ever given us or one of the best is imagination because it is one of the ways the Holy Spirit can communicate to us God's word or his promises or whatnot for us. Like, you're so right. And then also I was reading uh, Lisa Nichols' book, Abundance Now, and she was just saying that the brain doesn't know the difference between something that we've imagined yes. and something that's actually happened. Yes. Like, Ain't that something? Right. I was like, wow, you're so right. Because imagine when you, you're thinking of something like, okay, you don't want an outcome to happen, right? But you're mm-hmm. thinking about that outcome. Oh, your palms <laughs> are getting all sweaty. You, you, yep. Your heart, heart is beating, beating fast. You're like, oh my god! Oh my god! Your brain doesn't know the difference between Absolutely. reality and something that you've imagined by yourself. Absolutely. Ain't that absolutely? And so and, and so so let's let's can, can can we build on that? I don't know how much more time we have, but let's build on that, right? So one of the things that I that I incorporate in my in my um, teaching or in my uh, coaching specifically is affirmations. Right. And it's, it's one of the most challenging things to to my clients initially. Right. Because the same type of a mindset. Right. So imagination, if I can speak it into existence, if I can speak it before it happens, if I can speak it to myself, I will believe it. If I keep saying it, if I keep saying it, if I keep affirming, I'm so happy and grateful now that I am whatever that is. Then what happens is, like you said, my mind, my brain does not know the difference between the imagination and the reality. So what happens is when I keep saying it to myself, when I keep speaking it to myself, my brain, my mind starts to believe that it's actually like that. And then all of a sudden you're going to start to see things in a different way. I have had testimony after testimony. I had one guy who was going to, who was, who was trying to be a police officer and a firefighter. And I'm like, you know, that, that's kind of like, why are you trying to do both of those? Come to find out he really wanted to be a pilot. The reason why he was going that route was because he thought he uh, was told that the 
cost of school was so so much, but the police force will re you know basically pay for it or whatnot. So I said, you know, let's start thinking about being a pilot. So I start having him doing the affirmations. I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm a pilot. I'm able to fly private and commercial planes, and I had him send some other stuff like 15 to 25 times every morning. What started to happen? He started to think like a pilot. His mind started to be set on things like a pilot. He started to see opportunities because in his mind he believed. He was already a pilot. Not even two weeks later, mind you, the pilot school was like $98,000. But not even two weeks later, he was able to get connected to a pilot who had his own private pilot school that was willing to train him for just $100 a session. And he needed something like 160 sessions. He would end up paying, he's going to end up paying, I want to say, like $16,000 or something at the max all his tests and everything else. But the reason why he was able to see it, the reason why he was able to, I believe, get on the same, if we can say frequency or wavelength, is because he started to believe it. He started to speak it. His mind started to think that he was the pilot. And then he seen, he seen opportunities differently than he did before. Yo, the mind is something powerful. And I think that's what, especially that book, has been really teaching me. And obviously, you you know that, but you just need some, you know, I guess, reformation of that, that what you think is like what you're going to become. And the idea that, okay, if I, if I believe this, the universe or however people say it, mainly God will create opportunities for me to be able to achieve, you know, my goals and my aspirations. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I was just, it's, it's true. Like, you know, I guess if he hadn't thought that way, maybe those opportunities wouldn't have been presented in such a way. And I think that's just another way of, of, of having faith, too, because God needs your faith in order for him to move on your behalf. So I guess Absolutely. in doing the affirmations, um, it's like it's opening doors, basically, for God to be like, OK, so you're ready now. Like, I can show you what I have for you. And one right. thing, I, yeah, and I actually wrote a blog post on what the meaning of I am statements, why they work. So in, I was thinking about doing affirmations or no, not thinking, but I was doing affirmations. Right. And I don't know. I just was being really quiet, just sitting down. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me the reason that I am statements work or affirmations work is because I am is the name of God. And whatever you say in that name has to come to pass. So if you mm -hmm. say I am, it is like, it's uniquely the name of God. Right. So I am, I am this, I am that whether good or bad, it has to come true. That's right. It has to That's be right. true. And, and you know, it's, <laughs> but, and it's like you said, if I wasn't raised or if I wasn't taught that, then I wouldn't know it. Um, I have so many, so much to say on it. I'm, I'm going to keep it very brief though. One thing that I will say <laughs> is that the, the Hebrew word for meditate, uh, and I, I don't speak Hebrew, so I, I would have to be looking at it to read it. But the Hebrew word for meditate speaks to really two different things. And we typically focus just on one part of meditation which is a quiet reflection, sitting back, quiet, reflecting on something. We believe that's meditation. Now, that is meditation. However, that's only one part of meditation. The other part of that, it speaks to muttering or speaking audible things. Now, David said, I will hide your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. The Lord told Joshua, 
believe he told Moses, and he, I want to say he told David too, and probably more than that. But he said, do ne- he said, don't allow my law to depart from your mouth. What he was saying is they continue to speak my word so that ultimately it will go in you. So when you put those two things together, you put the fact that meditate speaks to, to muddle, to speak and audible things. And you, you look at what David said. He said, I need to hide your, my, your word inside of me. What you then come to realize is that when I continuously speak God's word, you know, I am beautiful. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the head. And I'm not to tell that, you know, that my, my gifts will make room for me, that the Lord says that he was open his storehouse in heaven. He would rain down on my my land and he would bless the work of my hands. When, when you start to speak those things, what happens is it starts to go into your subconscious. And so when when you speak it and it goes into your subconscious, it starts to impact and empower you. And so that when I start to have a subconscious that is speaking the truth, that is speaking God's words, that is speaking into my spirit, when fear comes up, what happens is my subconscious that has been indoctrinated, if I can say it that way, with the truth and with who God says that I am, then I I'm even more able to overcome fear because my spirit, my subconscious is so in tune with the truth that I'm able to conquer it. Now, you mentioned something about when you do affirmations, doors start to open. And I'll say it, I say it, and I, sh- I say it this way, just like me and you are on this podcast, we are literally, literally everywhere in the world right now. The challenge is, in order for someone to be able to hear us, they have to be tuned into your station. And so when I am when I when I'm saying affirmations, my mind changes stations. So it's not that it, the opportunities weren't there. It's just that when I'm tuned into the right station or I'm tuned into the right frequency, I'm able to pick it up because I'm in the right frequency or I'm on the right station. That makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And that's a new way of looking at it. I like that. I like because I'm not gonna lie. Before I didn't really understand affirmations that much. I didn't really understand it, but you know, especially after your story and then reading a little bit into it, it makes sense. And it's basically what we do on a general, like in a general sense when we pray too. No, I think no, it's absolutely, the same absolutely. Thing. I know that it's the same. And believe it or not, you say affirmations every day. You just don't realize it. Again, going back to the people say, I ain't gonna be able to do that. They say, I, you know, that ain't going to work or that ain't going to happen. That's just going to fall. What is that? You're affirming not the truth, but you're affirming, uh, affirming your negative thought. You're affirming what, what I would say, what the enemy would want you to believe. You are affirming that by speaking those things. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yes. Scripture goes on to say is, uh, as a man thinketh, so is he. But we step over those texts. And so we, we don't understand that the power of life and death is literally in our tongue. What are you saying? Am I speaking life or am I speaking death? Because I can speak death over myself quicker than somebody else can. Because I'm so used to hearing my voice. I'm so used to, 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 to my language, if I can say it that way. And I'm always around myself. So if I speak death constantly over myself, forget what anybody else said about me. What am I saying about myself? Right. right, And that is so true. You know, um, I always say to, I mean, I, I always, it's always like I'm always saying to somebody, but okay, one thing that I believe is <laughs> that it's so important, like you pray over yourself, you mm-hmm. know, that 
other people can pray for you, but there's nothing like you praying over yourself. Absolutely. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I don't know. There's just something so powerful about what you say. And that life and death in the tongue, I live by that. Like, there have been times, you know, that you, you say certain things like, oh, you didn't get something. Oh, I'm so stupid or this and that. I yes. I myself from saying that. I was like, yes. oh, I'm not stupid. I'm not yes. stupid. Okay, maybe yes. I found something challenging, but I'm not stupid. And that brings Amen. me back to that story of um, oh, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree and would say, you'll never produce fruit again. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. deeper meanings to that story other than, you know, just you said the something negative. Right. But it was like the tree withered. And somebody could say, oh, well, it was Jesus. Like, of course, like whatever he says, it's going to happen. But it's like, no, we have the same power. You yeah. may not see a tree wither, but you <laughs> might see some dreams and aspirations wither if you're speaking negative things there you go. over, you know, absolutely your goals or whatever absolutely. you're trying to do. So yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And, you know, yeah, I completely agree. And what you said, I mean, I can't really add nothing more to that. I just agree. I agree. <laughs> I don't know. That just came to me. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that story. I was just reading that a couple of days ago. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, somebody listening to this could be like, this all sounds really nice, but I really don't trust God. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. like, what are ways that people can learn how to trust God in this? Like, you know, maybe God has given them a word and things are not happening. Right. And, you know, it just feels like God lied. Like, he can't lie. Ooh, yeah. He can't lie. But it feel like that, though. Yeah. It sure do feel like it sometimes. Yeah. So, like, for that yeah. person, what are ways that um, they can, or we can increase our trust? What have you done personally and maybe that you've seen in your clients? You know, how have they done it, too? Well, you know, I, I, one, of the, one of the things that I, um, I try to simplify, um, simplify these, these, these thoughts, these principles, because sometimes I feel like we can... Uh, over spiritualize our relationship with God and uh, we can make it seem like this uh, mystic or this just far away thing that you got to fast for a hundred days in order to even have relationship or hear from him. And I, I think it's, uh, and maybe it's just me or maybe it's just how he deals with me, but I believe it's, it's a lot more simpler than that. And one of the things that we have to, to really ask ourselves is how do we have uh, relationships built or how do we have trust built between people or who are around us, between our friends, between our family members? And uh, the answer is very simple, is that you have to start spending time with the individual, uh, get to know an individual in order for you to build that trust up with that individual. And so the same applies with God. The same applies with Christ. You have to be willing to take some int- intentional time, spend time with them. You know, set aside five or ten minutes a day, whether it's reading, whether it's just praying, whether it's just listening, spend time with them so that you can start to develop that real personal relationship. It's one thing to hear about a person. That's just like, you know, if you if if you, you know, a business owner or even if you're just, a you know, a resident of a, of a local community and you get a referral uh, for, let's say, uh, someone to come out and cut your yard um, and you somebody just tells you about them. Well, you, you get them, you, you allow them to come over, you get their business, should I say, uh, from a referral, but your level of trust is not necessarily in them. It's really in who the, the person who referred them to you. And in order for you to continue to build trust, then you have to work with that company. You have to work with them individuals. You need to talk with them. You need to get familiar with them. You got to get comfortable with them. Again, you may hear about God. You may hear all the wonderful things that he's able to do, how he's able to come for you and bring you out. But in order for your trust 
to build in that you have to have a personal interaction, a personal experience, a personal relationship with him. And that is going to require you to be intentional. God is not someone who is overbearing. He will give you opportunity, but he's not going to force you. And so you have to be willing to take time to spend with him. I know me personally, how I learned how to trust him. My wife and, and I were going through a very challenging time. Uh, in our marriage, and this was maybe six, seven years ago, and I, uh, I, per- I personally uh, committed adultery in my marriage, and uh, I was spending some time at what we have at our, at our church. We have a, a prayer center, and so I would go there every single day because my son was going to the school at my church. But I would go there every single day intentionally for maybe it started off being just maybe ten minutes, but ended up being an hour a day. And I would spend time in the prayer center praying. I would spend time in the prayer center reading. I would spend time in the prayer center just listening to God. Because that's another thing that sometimes we think prayer is just me constantly talking. Well, I'm not going to call my friend on the phone and say, hey, man, this Antoine, I was calling and see how you was doing. Wanted to know if you can meet me over here, blah, blah, blah. And then just hang up the phone. I'm going to have to listen to what they got to say. And so I went to the prayer center every single morning. And I was listening. I was praying. I was developing that relationship with him so that it came to a point where he said to me, and, and I promise you, he said this, I need you to tell your wife about your infidelities. And I'm like, whoa, that is nothing but the devil because this happened years ago. Why do I need to bring it up now? It's all it's going to do is just, just hurt her. All it's going to do is bring her pain. It's going to destroy my family. That is not the best guy. That ain't, that can't be you. He said, no, this is the re- one of the reasons why you're not able, you guys are not able to move forward is that you need to share this with her. And so I struggled with it, but by the, but I came to a place that I said, you know what, I trust you. So I leave the prayer center, and, and I'm be honest with you, when I left the prayer center, I got to my car, I was like, man, I ain't saying nothing. But by the time I got back to the house, walked in the house, my wife was sitting at the table, she, she, I don't even know what she was talking to me about, but she said something. And I heard the Spirit tell me again, tell her now. And so I, I shared it with her. Of course, broke her down. She cried. She got up. She left. And I said, God, why would you tell me to tell her that if you knew that this was going to happen? And he's all he kept saying was, trust me, just trust me. Just long story short, some hours went by. She ended up coming back home. We sat down. We talked about it. And my wife told me at the end of that conversation, I will never bring it up again. And that was like six or seven years ago. And to this day, she has never thrown that into my face again. But it was, again, because I had developed a relationship with him. I had learned his character. I had built something with him that I could trust him. And then I tested it. I tried it out and it worked. And so that's, again, that's how, and I know that probably was a lot, but that's really my own personal testimony of how I learned how to trust God. And then those are some examples that I believe people should, should think about as relates to developing their trust with him. Wow. Thank you so, so very much for sharing uh, your story with us. I appreciate it, and I'm sure everybody listening to appreciates it, and I'm sure it's going to free a lot of people because that, that, man, that took a lot of courage, okay? That took a lot of courage. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a lot so of grateful. trust. Yeah, and I'm so grateful that you shared that with us. And something that was just so practical, and you're so right when it comes to people's over spiritualizing God and the relationships like you know I ask this question to people a lot on my podcast and it seems to be the same answer uh across the board that is just being intentional 
And I think yeah. that's the key word, being intentional. Because you can hear about God from somebody else or you can learn about him for yourself. And I feel like that's when you're able to build trust. Even, you know, when things are just going so wrong. Oh, my God. There's just so many times you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah. But then you have that peace, you know, that assurance. But it's yeah. only because you know him for yourself. You can understand, okay, this is where it's coming from. This is the character of God. Even though things are going awry in my life, you know, this is what God is. And God is a God of peace, you know. So yeah, that is absolutely. Definitely only through being intentional about spending time with him. So thank you so, again so much for, for sharing with us everything. Oh, yeah, that's no problem. I that's no problem at all. All right. So do you have any resources that you'd like to share that would help people in this particular area or just in general, something that you feel like people would benefit from? Oh, absolutely. You know, I um, recently just released a, uh, a, a brand new uh, ebook and it's entitled Greatness Written in Your DNA. And I, I definitely will give this uh, to as a gift for those who are listening to the podcast. All you have to do is go to my website, AntoineAnderson.com. You spell Antoine, A-N-T-I-O-N-E, Anderson.com. And when you go through the purchasing process, just use the uh, discount code, The Planter, the name of this show, and that's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R. When you put that in, then you'll be able to download that ebook for free, no charge. That one's on the house. Uh, I also have uh, another book I wrote a few years ago. It's entitled uh, Bargain Basement, Jesus, The Cost of Following. Uh, that book is a uh, book that really deals with uh, developing that intentional and that intimate relationship with Christ uh, and knowing that just as me and Dami have been talking today, that, that he desires to have that type of relationship with you as well. Um, that book has been a blessing not only to myself, but uh, to other individuals. The reason why I say for myself is because sometimes I go back and reread it and it encourages and it inspires me. Uh, but I have, I can honestly say that, you know, God has put his hand on that specific writing because it is, uh, it's been able to go international. I have some books in Canada, uh, in India and in South Africa, and of course, across different places in the United States. I was able to do a book tour uh, with that one as well. So that, that's been a blessing. Again, that, that is, uh, the book title is Bargain Basement, Jesus, The Cost of Following. You also can find that on my website or you can go to Amazon and order directly from them. You can get the uh, Kindle version on Amazon as well if you would like to do that. Also, I uh, have a uh, the, uh, my coaching program, the one entitled The Cost of Success, uh, really helps with principles of uh, identifying uh, where you want to be on identifying your specific success, success, excuse me, because you recognize that everybody's success is different. It's not the same. And the cost of success that's available on my website is a six session series uh, that you can purchase. Or if you want to have a personal one on one coaching with me, you also can do that through my website as well. Wow, this is my first code. <laughs> and I get so excited. But thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. Um, for all the resources, I'm sure I know I'll be blessed. You know, I'll be copying my copy. Bet. Well, hey, definitely go go. Make sure you go get it yeah. so you can see that your code actually works. <laughs> you right? All right, I'm gonna get one, and I know you all that are listening, please go get you a copy and look into all the resources that Antoine has to offer. I've looked at some of his stuff, and it's pretty amazing. So. Definitely look at that. And I'll put that Amen. in the, uh, what is it called? The, I want to say the the show notes, the resources. 
down below the podcast. Basically, you can look at look at it right below the podcast when you click play. Well, amen. Yes, amen to that. Antoine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've been a blessing. You've been so listen. It, and just, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I, I definitely am truly honored to be. I don't take it for granted to be able to speak to your audience. I know that. Uh, sometimes we don't necessarily understand that uh, our words are have influence and impactful. So I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for trusting me with your audience. Um, and, and I'm very grateful. If I can say one more thing about overcoming your fear. Will Smith said this. He said that most some of the most amazing things happen on the other side of fear, uh, whether it's uh, what do you call it? Skydiving or whether it's getting on a roller coaster. Always remember that some of the most amazing things of your life what happened on the other side of fear true that true that i think anybody who has done anything absolutely anything can testify to that to be honest anything that's challenging or something that's out of their comfort zone i know i can testify to that so kudos to you will smith i agree (laughs) i agree well guys this is the end of the podcast thank you so much for listening you know where to find the planter on instagram facebook and twitter at the planter so t-h-e-p-l-a-n-n-t-e-r and also please those of you who are listening um fill out the survey that's going to be below the podcast as well i really want to know you know what your needs are and what you expect from the podcast and how i'm doing so please take the time to fill out that that survey it takes less than a minute and you also have the opportunity of winning a amazon gift card so it's a win-win situation for you right it's nice yeah that's nice (laughs) all right guys thank you so much for listening and i will speak to you all on the next episode